top of the podcast to you. We're talking Darby O'Gill and the little people on today's... We're not affiliated with Netflix. Welcome to Kidflix, the podcast where adults try to definitively rank every kid's movie ever made. I'm your host, Ross Wiseman, and this show is not for kids, so turn this off and aspire to have better teeth than your dad. Uh, my guest today, uh, she is a comedian in the Philadelphia area, and I'm very excited to hear she actually has like stuff to plug, which during the pandemic is hard, but uh, it's it's my good friend, Ellie Summerling. Hey, Ellie. Hey, what's up, Ross? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? You're chilling with the dog. It's a beautiful Friday morning. I am. It's gorgeous out. It really yeah. is nice. It's I'm I'm chilling. I'm not watching any TV right now, which is unusual during the pandemic. Wonderful. So. I, I'm amped up. I just watched the penultimate episode of WandaVision. Uh, yeah. Have you been watching? I haven't, but I've been like, I kind of want to binge it after it's I can't wait week to week. Yeah, honestly, uh, no, it's it's very hard. Like, I I feel like in the streaming age, we're not really used to like edging so much with media and stuff. But uh, it's it's great. Even though I have to Google so much after every episode because I don't know all of the ins and outs of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But highly recommend. Um, but speaking of highly recommend, uh, the movie that we're talking about. Uh, in honor of uh, St. Patrick's Day, which is coming up later this month, which, good catch, I did not think of that, is Darby O'Gill and the Little People. Yeah, uh, dude. Uh, from 1959, uh, you can stream it now on Disney+. Plus. Why did you choose this movie? Does this have, like, some... Did you watch this as a kid? Yo, yes. Okay, so my nana had just a bunch of extremely weird old movies. Example, Pippi Longstocking. Have you heard of it? Like Yes, I I have watched this. If you're talking about like the like the mid 70s one, it's so good. It's actually mid 60s. Oh. But it was like originally filmed in like Swedish or something and it was dubbed over in english in the early 70s no it's like live action what yeah i i remember the song it went pippy longstocking coming into your world maybe i watched a different maybe? pippy longstocking wait was yours was yours live action or yes it might you know what there were a number of them it was a very popular book over in europe okay yeah weird like series of children's books and the one i saw like she has like a i think it's like a ship that they added hot air to or something i don't know <laughs> there's something about pig's feet i can't really remember it and i can't find it so that's Damn. why that wasn't <laughs> <laughs> but she my grandma she had so many like weird ass movies that i think she had from like when my dad was a kid or like uh, I don't even know when. I think she started collecting movies before she had children because she was a teacher. So she just oh, had true. like a huge, a huge like number of just films from the 50s and 60s that were just bizarre. Yeah. So <laughs> like, I totally get where you're coming from. Like I, like, you know, I, I was a 
kid in the uh, in the 90s and 2000s so we had blockbuster we saw all the classics but like this is one of my favorite categories of disney movie which are like just the weird forgotten live action movies that they made because like it's it's a fun reminder yeah that, oh no <laughs> like disney is not perfect they have made so many goddamn clunkers but so many bombs they've just made enough <laughs> uh good ones to counteract it all <laughs> yeah but it's but it's also like a really fun, like I don't. It's a fun movie. Like, and I really enjoy the sort of mythology bits in it. You know, mm-hmm. like about like the folklore of Ireland because that that was the other thing. She was she was very Irish. Okay, very yeah. Because I was gonna ask you if you if you were Irish because I I don't mm-hmm. know much about Irish culture or things like that. And like, I bet that this movie would really hit with like kids of Irish descent or some ancestry because it's like, oh, this is like our one. <laughs> well, but it's, I mean, there's, there's a little bit of hating going on too, though. Oh, it is brutal. Like <laughs> there, there is so many, so many stereotypes on display and like so much. Wa- watching, watching this movie, I was like, oh, I see how sometimes like just like very, uh, just like white people are like, oh my God, like Irish and uh, Italian stereotypes are mean too. I was like, oh, I kind of see where they're coming from with this movie. Like drunks everywhere, like little tiny. That's not the one that like, I was like, damn, that's a rude stereotype because that one is true. (laughs) Oh, okay. You heard it here first. (laughs) Wait, so what, what was the, what was the one that was like a, that really like the, cut. the the freaking the old lady with uh, pony's mom wait who, wait there was a character named po- oh crap <laughs> you know the dude who's like real like i just beat everybody up oh oh His name okay pony. wow i yeah. somehow did not pick <laughs> up on that oh you mean the 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 real drunk that was like mean about it uh, the young man. Yes. Yeah, the young yeah, man yeah. That isn't a young Sean Connery. Yep, that guy. Yeah, this is a uh, Sean Connery. Not his debut by any means, but holy but shit! But it's what this... it's the one that like put him on the map because he had a big role in it. Yeah, he uh, he sang a little bit. Uh, he, he well, he was dubbed. Yeah, a lot of this movie <laughs> really bad singing dubbing (laughs) all throughout this movie but he also does that thing uh because he uh we're jumping all around so basically this movie is darby o'gill which uh is uh like you know this uh old irish folk character um Mm -hmm. uh he lives with his beautiful daughter that is 800 years younger than him and uh he's getting too old to tend his field and like keep his job so they bring in sean connery to kind yeah. of replace him and just kind of help him yeah he's like stuff. a caretaker yeah exactly yeah he's yeah. the caretaker of the manor and he's just aged out but interestingly and this was tradition from what i understand because i watch a lot of period stuff if you have somebody who's worked for you for a really long time when you're like an old-timey manor owner like you said they have a pension like you're set for life if you work there until nice. the end of your career. Yeah. So when he's talking about, oh, we're going to move you to the McCarthy cottage or something, like that's a nice little 
It's probably smaller, but it's a nice place for him to live out his days. And also yeah. the the guy was like, we're going to give you your half salary for the rest of your life. So like, you know, yeah. you can still like afford food and hang out yeah. and tell tall tales or whatever you want to do. Do exactly what you've been doing for five years. Yeah. Uh, and this is also, you could tell this a movie from the late 50s because um, there's no plot for like 25 minutes. And like, I don't, I didn't, I was like, I wrote five minutes in my notes. There's so much exposition, but it just, it's just like people like just telling stories and being like, ah, you want whiskey? I'll give you a porter. And I'm like, (laughs) why are we talking? Like, like, it's very funny to see, like, this is so close to when Mary Poppins was made. I think Mary Poppins is like three years later, if that. And like the, just the differences, like in this movie, there's smoking, there's drinking, uh, there's like. Uh, sexual harassment and then Mary Poppins is dancing penguin man and fun shit like that. But interestingly, there is like a whole dance number in the middle. It's a very long dance number. Uh, <laughs> I love it. I liked it, but it was just like <laughs> the horse this is, is still cool. happening. Yeah, the horse was the coolest part. It's like part. five minutes of the horses running and you're like <laughs> did they need to make up like did they have a quota to meet with like how much time the horses got? Yeah, but uh, as we all know, the the his horse is actually a puka, which I it learned is. exists. So a puka in Celtic folklore it's like is a like devious spirit. Yeah, so just bringing fun uh, fun around. I also thought it was weird that so uh, the 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 main thrust of this movie is that Darby O'Gill. Uh, caught a leprechaun and accidentally wished for four things instead of three things. So all of the other wishes became null and void. Um, And so he's like, I think that's how it is. Well, he, in the very, before the story even begins, before we meet them, Darby O'Gill has caught the king of the leprechauns. Brian. And asked, (laughs) yes, King Brian. And he has asked, like he's gotten his three wishes And he wished for, like, gold and health and happiness. And then King Brian said, oh, I'm in a good mood. You seem like a nice guy. Let me give you a fourth wish. So he he made the fourth wish, and it nullified all the other wishes because he was being greedy. Oh, okay. Yeah. So when he catches him the second time after having been... Should, should I should I just can we take a little meander through Darby O'Gill's plot line? Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is good. Like, clearly, like I didn't get this movie, or I zoned out so many times. Yeah, no, it's fine. Like, it's bizarre. It's a weird. Movie. Yeah, yeah. Please, please um, meander. So, Darby O'Gill, he's had that instance. He's an older gentleman. He's not really been doing his job well the last couple of years because he'd rather be down the pub chit-chatting since his wife died. His wife died. He got kind of lonely is basically the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is a point at which his daughter makes a very strong assertion that he's not a drunk because everyone thinks he's drunk because he spends all his time at the pub. But he goes there not to drink, but to talk. And it is, it, it's borne out in the action that he's not a drunk. Like he has a drink, but he's not like Yeah, shipping. he's not like the the villain guy that we were alluding to. Yeah, earlier. who is absolutely 
a hard, hard drinker. Um, But Darby chases his, after finding out he's going to be fired, essentially, and that he has two weeks to leave his cottage, his horse kind of like is like, ah, I'm going to wander up this hill over here. And Darby has to chase him up a hill and winds up falling into a well where he just, dis- where we discover it's like, the and okay, it's a hit. It's not just a hill. It's a hill that like a castle was built on. It looks kind of like mysterious and shit, but he finds out that his horse is a puka at the top of the hill. When the horse kicks him into the well where the little people live and He's basically been invited by the king of the little people to live out the rest of his days among them as a great honor to him for being their friend and for telling their stories all his life. Right, 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 right. And he's like, that's great, but I don't want to abandon my daughter who is 20 and unmarried and like she's the prettiest girl in town and this guy's going to take advantage of her, this pony asshole. So, um, my dog is, I, I took him out of the crate because he was being crying and I felt yeah, bad. Yeah, I heard now. that. Yeah, if you, you'll, you <laughs> probably did. picked up on it if you're listening to this, but I was, it broke my heart and I was like, yeah, yeah, that dog has to come out. Yeah, <laughs> but now he's like, I'm just going to bite you. <laughs> Stop it. Maybe you're a puka. Maybe that's yeah. what this is. Stop. Um, but anyway, Darby falls down and, and, He's like, could I go back and get my violin and say goodbye to my daughter? And they're like, no, once you're here, you're here. That's the end of it. And he's like, that seems a little bit like you didn't ask me. <laughs> like, this so, is basically a hostage situation at this point. Yeah, kind of, kind of. But um, he's he's like, I, I would really like to like, they're like, can you play the harp? And he's like, no, I'm not really a harp man. And then they like ask, like they name a couple more instruments. And he's like, I'll play the fiddle. And they'll, they're like, here's a Stradivarius. Like, I got this from the king of wherever. And he starts playing and he plays so well. He hypes them up so much that like playing like a hunting song that they're like, we're going on the hunt. And because uh, they're all they're all drunk um, because Irish stereotypes. <laughs> oh, is that a stereotype? And, oh, I didn't even realize. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's so weird. That's so novel. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so then this sets the whole plan in motion, uh, the whole movie yeah. in motion at this point. Because that, he escapes. Yeah. Yes, and he tries to uh, steal the coins, init- uh, a bunch of coins and rubies, and that doesn't work. So he has to capture King Brian, and that's kind of the leprechaun tale that we all kind of know and understand. That's like, you capture the leprechaun, you get three wishes, and then mm-hmm. you release him. And you got to be careful because... Uh, boy, do leprechauns anything could be a wish. Pause. Yeah, like like raising a glass and like uh, a toast. A toast is a wish. At one point, they decide like he stops a toast and asks if a toast counts as a wish, and they're like, yeah. And he's like, oh well, just drink up. Like don't 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 make any wishes. King Brian is here, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Um. I also couldn't help but think during this movie, um, what like how hard it would be to catch a leprechaun in this year, 2021, especially because like, what do you actually do with like a pot of gold coins? Like I can't go to TD bank and be like, boom. True. And if you go to like a pawn shop, you'd have to like melt them down and make ingots, but it's supposed to be like, well, 
Wait, hold on. What's an ingot? Is that a is that a common term that I don't know? No, it's an archaeological term. It's like um Oh. It's like a it's essentially a bar, but like not a uniform bar. Oh, okay. Okay. Actually, no, there there might be some uniform ingots, ingots of gold and silver are kind of like um currency. Well, I mean, it has worth, but like, so it's not currency in the sense that, like, it's something worthless that carries worth because of the idea we attached it. Like, an ingot, it's it's basically just a clump of gold, essentially. Okay, got it. Like, I, I think I can picture it in my head. I also love how much you are, like, leading this ship here today. Because I'm just, like, I'm, I'm just happy to, like, listen and learn. Like, you... Like, this movie imprinted on you. You know all of these tales so much. Yeah, well, I like... Well, Sort of. Like, I love the Banshee. I like, oh, God, Ross, you know what we need to talk about? Yeah. What? This movie, at the time it was released, I don't know how it did at the box office, but I do know that, like, the technology used to make Darby, because it's so many special effects. Yeah, like, definitely the for the time. Of CGI. I don't know that it's the birth, but it's certainly like a leveling up. There's so much of it. Like yeah. when you find out the horse is the puka. Yeah, know? it like glows. And I I was watching at certain points because, you know, uh, because it's leprechauns and humans, you have to do the whole like they're so, uh, the humans are so much bigger. And like I was looking closely for seam lines and I couldn't see it. So I think that this movie uses a lot of like the uh, forced perspective that you see with Lord of the Rings. Like that's a tried and true method. But there were very rudimentary versions of that technology of cgi technology back then so like my guess is that maybe um they filmed the leprechauns and then they kind of had darby o'gill standing in front of like a projector almost yeah that's that's kind of where my guess is uh but uh in terms of what you're asking about like the reception of the movie uh people seemed like they um, ultimately liked it uh uh the new york times described uh connery as merely tall dark and handsome and called the film quote an overpoweringly charming concoction of standard gaelic tall stories fantasy and romance like a lot of people were like (laughs) yeah it's fun it's uh it's people were saying it's not uh maybe the most classic thing that disney will ever create but it's nice to look at. Like Leonard Maltin calls it not only one of Disney's best films, but is certainly one of the best fantasies ever put on film. And uh, Darby O'Gill does have a 100% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. That's because it was reviewed by me. Yeah. <laughs> That's not true. That's, I didn't review it, but I can imagine that it's been reviewed by two people who are really gung ho about it. And also in 1959, and uh, yeah. Rotten Tomatoes is like, this sounds positive, I guess. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but when you were talking about the glowing horse, they do the same thing with the Banshee on a much bigger scale. And then they have like the, the death chariot and like all that shit. And like, it's, yeah, it's just like really, it's such a fun, it's kind of like the original, like, big special effects movie you know mm-hmm. like now how they have like the big blockbusters with like all the explosions and shit and darby o'gill was like 
no, we're going to have a banshee. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I think, like, I just, because, well, you know, in a little while we'll get to our ratings, and I try to rate it before the movie, t- or before we start talking, not to, like, get swayed, but, like, I'm starting to appreciate it a little bit more the more that we talk, because I think the first 15 minutes where nothing happens is so mind-numbingly boring for me that, like, you know, it you, you kind of forget and discount what happens later in the movie and all of, like, the nice set pieces. And it does tell, like, this full cohesive story, though uh, it's a story that I didn't really know about whatsoever. Like, I'm sure when this came out in the late 50s, um, Darby O'Gill and these different folk tales, regardless of nationality, were just, like, a little bit more well-known and told more often. God, I, I'm also looking... Yeah, I, sorry, I was just noticing on my notes that I stopped taking notes because uh, I was just like, I just need to watch this because I'm so lost. But <laughs> the last note I took was when uh, Darby's daughter made Sean Connery breakfast and that oatmeal just looked like garbage. It was just like a pile of wet sand. I don't think that was oatmeal. Ah, well, lesson learned. Anyway, <laughs> uh, what, what were you going to bring up? No, um, when you were talking about like the beginning, how it's all exposition, it's like, and this is, I think, maybe generational. You do not have to go outside. Stop lying. Come here. Oh, no. <laughs> He's so full of shit. I got him tinkle bells, which are like the little bells that you ring when you have to go pee pee. He just what? went pee. Yeah, that's they're, like thing you, you that exa- I love that. You hang them on the door and the dog hits them. Oh. And they just ring a little. This is a very exciting podcasting moment. We are experiencing in real time Ellie's dog taking a piss. <laughs> no, no. He, he just likes it. But he uses them anytime he wants to like go outside and play. It's like, Aww. not right now, bro. Like, yeah. We're on Kidflix. Do you not understand that? Yeah, like, come on. This is a big move for my career. Uh, <laughs> but um, no, what you were talking about, what you were talking about with the, um, with the beginning of the movie... I think that there is like a generational thing. Like I really enjoy that. Like I enjoy that part of the movie. If I feels very set, like you're settling into the world mm-hmm. of like hierarchical, like BS. And like, you know, there's of course the mom who's like, give my son a job. I want my son to have the best job, which yeah. is very, that, that is the thing that fucked me up about. Like, you're talking about stereotypes? (laughs) Like, Irish mothers, and they're like, my child needs to be the best. Like, it's not the same. Because it's not like you have to put in the work to be the best. It's like, I will manipulate all the shit to make sure that you have the best things, even though you do not deserve them, which is very... You do realize that you're talking to uh, the son of two Jews, right? (laughs) But aren't your parents like, you need to work hard? to get to like be the best that you can be uh sometimes i'm the youngest so they definitely let a lot of shit slide Ah! they're like wow you do improv cool congrats oh my god no but like like there is a cultural thing where it's like sure like you just go through life and your parents are like nagging other people it's like it's not a good look but sure for for like but like, I don't because yeah, it's an uncomfortable part of my heritage. <laughs> I don't like it. Uh, 
but no, but the beginning of the movie, I like, I enjoyed that so much, Ross. Like I, I, there's something about the way they set the pace and it is mm-hmm. a slow pace. I think maybe that's the problem. The beginning is very slow paced, but I think it's intentionally that way. Yeah, I think I like because I agree with that. Because then it gives you some place to go when it ramps up because it gets real crazy. Sure. Oh, it goes crazy. balls to the walls. But I guess it's also like, uh, especially when I was getting ready to watch this, I like didn't understand what this movie was. I was like, okay. And I think like my irony filter was set so high once we started. And then like it slowly oh, yeah. dialed down as I kept watching. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. Now I actually get what the story is. It's real sincere. It's Yeah. Yeah. You can't, you can't approach that with irony. Can you? No, like I mean, gotta... I, I can try, uh, <laughs> but it definitely makes it less <laughs> enjoyable. Um, but I, I also couldn't help but think while watching this, like, because you, you've been talking a little bit about how you related to a lot of these stories because, like, it, you kind of uh, related it to your Irish heritage. And, like, uh, Disney hasn't really done that much Jewish stuff. And even in general, like, uh, yeah. you see, I at least I see a lot of the same kind of Jewish stuff like Mrs. Maisel is very much the same Jewish stuff as like Fiddler on the Roof like it's a straight line like really the only Jewish uh Disney thing I can think of is the Disney Channel original movie uh Full Court Miracle uh which is like a Jewish basketball movie if I remember correctly oh baby I'm and so like sorry that, no it's wonderful uh but then uh, like I still remember when I was like a kid and like uh, Zach and Cody was like the big show on Disney Channel. I remember there was a joke where London Tipton was like, I celebrate Christmas and Hanukkah. And like she calls herself uh, like uh, a shiksa. And it was so confusing. And I'm like, okay, this is like the level of Jewish representation that I'm going to get as a kid, I think. Yeah, that makes my heart hurt. Oh, it's fine. Like that. <laughs> like, uh, you know what? Looking at the list, this cast, I'm sure that Jews were behind the scenes all over the place because it was Hollywood in 1959. Yeah, maybe. Probably. So I can take solace in that. Trying to, like, summarize this a little bit. So, uh, yeah. So uh, Darby uh, kind of spends the whole movie being like, I'm saving my my wishes to better my daughter's life. So when I'm gone... She can like be prosperous and like I can spend my last few years and be satisfied. Um, and through a lot of magic, he accidentally gets her uh, on the same path to the fate that her that his dead wife, her mother, uh, had like going up a haunted hill. Is this also an Irish yeah. thing? This haunted hill? Uh, well, it's a fairy hill. Okay. That's the, and you're not supposed to, like, fairy rings, you're not supposed to step inside of. Fairy hills, you're supposed to avoid. And that's like, like, that's the um, British Isles generally. That's like a thing. And a lot of them are, a lot of things that people are like, it's a fairy hill. It's actually like a burial mound. So, like, you still don't want to fuck with that. So, mm-hmm. um, but... I think that her mom, I don't think her mom died the same way she almost did. And I think that the main problem with what Darby O'Gill did was that he, and this is another, this is another stereotype that is 
more on the accurate side. Like, okay, it's it's a version of lying to protect your children, but is just out of this. Like, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if this is an Irish thing, but like in my family, you lie to children all the time. Bullshit lies. Like yeah. I caught myself one time because uh, I used to work in a pre-K. And I caught myself telling a bunch of children that they couldn't go in the closet because Dracula lived there. <laughs> like, I mean, that's, a good, that's a good point. That's Cause good. Because I, I said it with such a sincere face. It took them four months to be like, hold up. Oh, my God. Well, <laughs> I was I, I was very convincing. <laughs> I think that's a universal thing, though, because I think. Um, okay. And this movie, I guess, like the underlying thing with this uh, tale of Darby O'Gill is that. You know, you tell kind of fantastical stories to yeah. kind of but also uh, small punctuate because real it's life. Not, it's not the fantastical stories that get him into trouble. It's the small lie that he's hired Michael. Oh, Michael works oh, under. Oh, that's right. And that's to save his own pride. Instead of just being like, listen, I'm old and I can't do this job anymore. It's It's that saving of the pride at any cost. And it almost cost him his daughter because he didn't tell her. She had to find out through the meddling woman, the meddling old lady, Pony's mom. Yeah. Because they like they just brought that note up and just put it on. I was like, oh, you know, this came in the mail. Here you go. But like everybody could read it because it was postcard. Like to Michael about Mm -hmm. like, hey, can you handle this, this and this? And Darby O'Gill wasn't mentioned. So she starts, you know, just for the audience, she starts packing up in quite a huff. She's very upset because she found out the day she was supposed to move that she was supposed to move. She didn't get Darby O'Gill wasted all that time thinking about what wish he was going to make to save himself from this, that he never made it. And she found out, oh, we have to leave and I have to pack all my stuff up and move it in one day. So like, that's you know she was right to be pissed off and then the horse ran away but she didn't know that the horse was a puka so she chased it you know because she was trying to call her shit nobody told her jack and this is kind of the point where i was like okay this this movie like actually was playing with some stuff here like how Mm -hmm. a lot of stuff kind of came to fruition and yeah the the beginning is really slow because they're kind of laying these seeds but then in the end i'm i was like oh okay so i kind of I see what they did there. And then the whole like fourth wish thing came back again. And I was like, ah, mm-hmm. ha, ha. there's a lot of like loud yeah. fake laughing in this movie too, which is always fun. Just like, ah, ha, 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 ha. drunk. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, that's, that's a, that's a really good way to put it. And I guess like there is a version of this in a lot of different cultures of like these fantastical stories, but like it is rooted in this thing of like, Oh, like when humans are dishonest to each other, uh, or kind of try to save their own ass and uh, kind of delay the inevitable, that's when things get mucked up. Yeah. And the whole thing, like, like, it's about mythology, and a lot of mythology is, like, fables and, like, you know, stories with a message and, like, what are they called? And not an allegory. Oh, um, oh, 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 like, uh, Aes- like an Aesop's, oh, I guess that is a fable. Yeah, yeah. Like they're they're they have a moral essentially. Like a lot of a lot of in every culture, mythology tends to carry a message. 
that like, you know, don't fuck with this, like, or <laughs> don't do, don't be greedy. Don't, you know, don't treat people poorly, stuff like that. And I think that like the leprechauns are very, don't be greedy. The, um, the pukas are like, don't fuck with things you don't understand. And I would say the banshee is like, I don't know what the banshee is. Like, I guess it's just like death comes to everyone basically, but Darby O'Gill kind of is its own allegory in that you don't fucking lie to people who love you. Like, damn that, like that is the allegory of like, that's the, the moral of Darby O'Gill because he fucked up real bad by not telling her the truth. Yeah, you know? and like when you do those, th- and it's even harder because it's a thing that he did out of love and out of seeming respect, but mm-hmm. then that uh, kind of did him in even more. Um, yeah, but yeah, holy shit, Ellie, thank you for like really like summarizing that, summarizing that, and bringing that home. That was good. But so I figured like now's the uh, the best time as ever. Let's get into the ratings of this. So uh, every episode, yeah, we rate and review this uh, on a scale of zero to five. You can be as minute and specific with your rating as possible. But yeah, I'll start with you, Ellie. What what are you giving Dar- Darby O'Gill and the little people today? I mean, there are some problems with it. So I'm not going to give it a five. I would hope not. For example... <laughs> Like, we didn't even touch on the whole, like, sexual harassment thing. But, like, yeah, who Kate Kate is desired by, there's, like, violence and, like, men fighting over her. But, like, subtly, it's very bizarre and uncomfortable to watch. So She's also adorable. That, She's just, like, a very sweet and warm presence. Yeah, she really is. Oh, she's awesome. It's just, it's mostly ponies gross. And, like, all the other guys are kind of a little, they're fucking pussies anyway <laughs> no but um and there's a lot of fighting in it which i'm not kind of like i'm not really about so but i love the mythology i love the special effects for like those early special effects like you pointed out very cleanly done mm-hmm. and just the storyline overall and the way that it starts out slow and then gets really fast paced, they really left themselves a lot of room to, to go, to grow with that. Does that make sense? Like they left themselves a lot of space to move in to, in terms of like making a crescendo that's really noticeable. Um, So I think like a 4.3. Wow. Does that sound good? Yeah, if it sounds good to you, it sounds good to me. Yeah. Um, I am going lower just because, uh, you know, I didn't have as much. Because it was a, crazy. It was a crazy movie. Um, I started it at 9 p.m. last night. So, like, oh, guys, start it earlier in the day if you're going to watch it. Um, cause that's you got to have like, functional brain cells to take this shit. Yeah, it's a weird thing of like, okay, almost time for bed. But first, Darby O'Gill. Um, like, I definitely appreciate what the movie is and what it's trying to do mm-hmm. um it just didn't super click for me but like i can get behind kind of the campiness of it um like the inherent good message by the end of it and once things get going uh i think it's it's a lot of fun but uh, i'm giving darby o'gill and the little people a score of 2.39 uh oh, but, you're so mean. but hey no, that's fair that's fair we, we that's average fair. our scores together so Crunching the numbers, collectively, 
uh, Darby O'Gill is getting a score of 3.345, which puts it right above the Brave Little Toaster and puts it just below High School Musical, which honestly kind of feels accurate to me. I'm upset that Brave Little Toaster scored that low. Um, it did not hold up at all, if I remember it. It's a wild, it's a wild chase. It's a bizarre movie. I love that movie, though. Truly is. I think, but, yeah. <laughs> what? I think that I just have bad taste in movies. No, no, I think, no, you and I, I think, have a similar um, mindset. Because, like you, I grew up with a lot of the classics. But then, I also grew up with all these weird anomalies and, like, just small random movies like um my family we had a set of videos called bubby's boarding house and it's like a puppet show about the different jewish holidays i love that yeah yeah check them out i've never seen YouTube. it but i already love it yeah yeah so like we're, we're on a similar plane but <laughs> ellie thank you so much uh for coming on and i'm excited you said that you had some uh things to that you wanted to plug Oh yeah, I have um I have a show coming up on Thursday, March fourth, um at Rax in Williamstown. It's in New Jersey. So any Jersey listeners, uh the t- tables are on sale. It's socially distanced. It is indoors, but it's a big open space. Um and the tables are you purchase a table gotcha. and the tables are socially distanced. So it's pretty safe. <laughs> That's great. pretty safe because in the grand uh, things. Yeah. And Ellie, you're a super funny person. We did a show together almost uh, like a year and a half ago. It was over a year ago. It was so long Yeah, ago. that was a long time. And uh, a guy was I was a- hosting and a guy uh, got angry at you because you were talking too close to the mic. And it was this weird thing where he was like trying to stop yourself. You like, no, 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 no. Stop it. It's fine. That guy. No, because I do have a tendency to yell, and then he was yelling at me, and it made me nervous, and I can't control the volume of my voice when I'm scared or, like, or like nervous or upset. So I started talking louder, and he was, like, having a meltdown. I thought you were talking about the one with... Her. We Like, we had to go to him and be like, look, like, she's not going to break the amp. If she does, like, we'll take care of it. You're f- Don't worry. It was his amp, and he was very excited about it. But, like... I thought you were talking about the one with Ryan Rowe. Oh. That was a was, real long time ago. That was a that nice was a night, though. We yeah, that was fun. Theater. Yeah, Ryan Rowe, get friend of the podcast. Go listen to the uh, Christmas with the Cranks episode. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, th- that is all for today. Uh, we will hear you in a fortnight. And go, go, Gadget, end show.